My name is Avon, or Nails That Glow, and you are listening to Abstractions That Glow, Episode 2. And, uh, yeah, so, how are you? I'm doing fine. I hope you've had a really enjoyable week. I've spent some time trying to um, find a guest to be on my show, and since I don't really have much of a direction or focus, um, and I'm still, like, playing around with everything, um, I don't really have a guest tonight, unfortunately. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue the format that I started uh, in the first episode. I've chosen four topics, and uh, from those four topics, uh, I'm just going to meander and talk. And, uh, you know, at the end, just do a random thing. Um, Yeah. If you're watching this on video, um, you know, what do you think of the lighting? Uh, (laughs) I I have multiple sources of light this uh, episode. Um, Having a lot of fun with the uh, art for this show on the screen here. Um, yeah, okay. Anyways, if you're looking for information about me, you can find it on YouTube, Abstractions That Glow, uh, Twitter for as long as that lasts, uh, (laughs) which we will be talking about, um, First Drafts Glow. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter under Nails That Glow. I also have a website where I will be also posting links and information for everything at nails.glow.com. Uh, I think that's about it right now. Um, I do a nightly blog on my website too, talk about my life uh, and, you know, being a, being a trans femme because it's an experience for sure. All right. I'm going to break a rule and I'm going to ah, open a can of something going to, oops, try to cover the logo. Is that some good ASMR for you? I'm not really big on ASMR uh, in general, but some of it is really satisfying. You know how some of it is so incredibly satisfying? Anyways, this brings me kind of in an awkward-ass fashion to my first topic, which is character voices. So I'm going to put in an earpiece for this just to make sure that I'm not destroying everything. So uh, people have asked, you know, Avon, you said you had puppets. You said you've done character voices and stuff. And uh, I was a singer. Um, So, you know, people want to know what kind of things I can do. And without, like, real specific direction, it's hard to just do random voices. And doing impressions is just, like, it's a pain in the ass, you know? I can kind of do Kermit, but that takes practice, you know? Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. And it's not even close right now, because I I have to work on that. But anyway... (laughs) One of my uh, original character creations, uh, his name is Tom, 
and he is an alien from 16 million years in the future, and he drinks cloned homo sapien hemoglobin, or human blood. And uh, he, when he comes, when he would come back into the past, he would do his best to convince people to let him pop a straw in their body so he could drink actual fresh human blood because where he the time he comes from humans are either extinct or left or they're infected with a uh, alien zombie plague yeah <laughs> and he was a uh, uh kind of a wormy salamanderish uh multi-armed creature that held his eyeballs on top of his head and <laughs> he disturbingly had teeth and um, he was one of my managers, and he still is. I want to rebuild him. Um, and his voice was incredibly annoying. Incredibly annoying. Okay, so I'm going to try to not clip the audio here. <laughs> so forgive me if I do. Um, the first person I uh, got to try to do his voice kind of just did his voice in a in a like a more manic fashion and i was looking for like the traditional high-pitched annoying um uh voice you know like think <laughs> think of a man child you know just just a man child who is not really not really self-aware I mean, <laughs> he he's a great character. I love him. So, okay. Here's Tom, an original character by me. Um, <laughs> space alien from the future that drinks human blood. All right. Here we go. Hi, my name's Tom. <laughs> How are you doing today? Yeah. Okay, so that was pretty loud. Let me let me uh, think of something else to say for him. So, like, he would be like, I understand that you have clone homo sapien hemoglobin here. I would really like that. That would be so very nice. I just want to drink some real human blood. <laughs> okay, so I haven't done that in years. And, um... <laughs> Since I've been kind of doing uh, some voice exercises to change my voice, um, and I've, I'm a little older since having done that character, it's not the same. <laughs> All right. I'm not really sure how that's going to play, um, but, you know, whatever. The other character I did, his name was Grack. Now, he was a rock, blue. Um, he had two feet, uh, one on either side connected to stumpy legs. He was shaped uh, like a squashed bowling ball pin. And he had a pink mustache-looking item about where you would expect a mouth to be in the bulbous part at the bottom. And two uh, serpentine-like arms that would come out uh, as his, uh, like, fingers to manipulate things. And when he talked, his head lit up. I had a light inside the puppet. 
and um, he didn't quite understand. It, it, you know, this was before the Marvel films and before Drax became, you know, just the character for this stuff. And there were t lots of characters like Drax. Um, but Drax has definitely been the uh, go-to reference for the kind of character that just doesn't get the joke. <laughs> um, I mean, it's deeper than that for sure. But Grack, he just didn't understand things. So when he would hear my character saying, you know, need to go kill it out there, Grack would actually think we're going to kill people. So when he would show up on stage, he would be like, yes, we kill people good. Yes. How's everybody dying? Ah, yes. And you have to know that there would be some manipulations on the uh, microphone and stuff when I would do that. So when he talk, it would be all like, you know, a bit deeper. And he would be like, yes, I, I, I do this thing good. I murder good, yeah? Everybody happy, yeah? And it's um, very much a um, pseudo-European uh, accent, but like... There's a lot of like, yes, you know, the hissing sound because he actually talks through chemicals that are translated and it's, they, they come out in like a hiss and a puff and yes, yes, come here so I can kill you good. <laughs> kind of thing. Um... <laughs> It's been so long since I did these, and I did not rehearse any of this before this show. And then um, my character, who was the singer of this uh, group, anytime I talked, I would lower my voice and just be the straight man and be like, Greg, Tom, why are you doing this? Blah, 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 you know, kind of thing. And when I would introduce my songs, I'd be like, I just wrote a love song. I really hate love songs. But I wrote it because people told me I should. And this song is called How to Kill a Human. And I actually wrote a song, How to Kill a Human, which is a love song inspired by the Silver Surfer. I'm not even kidding. You know, I should, I should like re-record those and release those because that, that is a great song. I really like that song. I did a lot of experimental beats and stuff. Okay, so well, I'm going to move on because those are three voices. Um, I just wanted to talk about like those characters that I had in the past and, you know, just, just be goofy for a second. I do apologize if that was too loud, if you're wearing headphones, you know, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the next subject. You know, I might do like musical interludes and stuff. Uh, in the future, um, I have a little pad here that I could uh, assign uh, sounds to. I just, I'm going to have a busy weekend. So I'm, I, I just, normal setup. Why not? All right. So second topic, um, we are going to talk about Twitter. Yes. Do you know why we are talking about Twitter? We are talking about Twitters because I am doing a bad accent. But we're also talking about Twitter because that 
man-child that thinks he's a genius spent $44 billion on Twitter and fired a bunch of people, made himself the de facto ruler of it, and then told everybody he's going to charge $8 a month, down from $20, uh, for verification. Totally destroying the whole point behind verification. And his his defense is, like, really pathetic. He's like, well, you know, we need to make money somehow. And I don't know if he's just an idiot, like a pure idiot, or if he actually believes the bullshit that he's like spouting, like whatever yes men are telling him, this is how to make, you know, enough money to recoup his losses because he, he is obviously taking a big loss with this purchase because Twitter wasn't worth $44 billion. And he was just kind of backed into a corner because he talked, he talked shit. And they, he was called out on it. They're like, no, you can't do that. You're manipulating markets again. Like, pay up. So, you know, the whole verification thing, it's just laughable because it's obvious he's trying to either tank Twitter or turn Twitter into, like, I don't know, like a, a pay service um, that, you know... <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody's already had an opinion on it, and I, it just, it really annoys me because part of what we pay for services like Twitter and, and Facebook and um, uh, TikTok and, you know, all those others, the reason why they're free for us to use is because the data they collect from us, they leverage um to, to add services or to like, um, you know, data companies or whatever it, it, the metrics, like all sorts of things, like they don't need to charge us money for anything really. Um, these companies just continue to increase their profits every year because the, uh, uh, ubiquitous use of them is so like, you know, profound that, you know, if you're trying to sell like a beer, of course you're going to, you know, turn to Twitter and, and Facebook and the other uh, social services because it, they're free to use and that ad space is going to show up in somebody's feed eventually, even if it's not a direct beer commercial, you know, even if it's just a can in a jeans commercial or something, or if it's, you know, some somebody... Um, you know, like, I don't know, like you know, drinking a soda, like I'm a hot person and I'm drinking this soda that I'm showing you the logo to. Yeah. <sighs> you know, and then, and then you have all these influencers that are paid hundreds and some of them tens of thousands of dollars, um, to, try to say that they actually eat or use these services or items or whatever like that one um uh, what's that bitch's name that Cardassian woman <laughs> I don't I can't I don't I can't remember her name I can't but like she was faking eating a burger 
And the only reason I know that is so many people were laughing at her for being a dumbass. Like, bitch, we know you don't eat that shit. Like, I fucking love Beyond Burger and Impossible Burger. If y'all are listening, like, hit me up. I will talk endlessly about the uses for, for those meats. Like, just, especially um, Beyond. Like, because I know people that are gluten intolerant and allergic to gluten. And um, Beyond is pea protein instead of gluten-based, which is just amazing. But anyways... Twitter. It's a shit show. It's going to likely end um, <laughs> like soon. Like the, the, the common thread of, you know, society is just going to be like, nope. You know, just like we did with MySpace. Just <laughs> they, they took a bunch of features away from us and um, services like uh, Facebook started like proving to be more useful so you know people just stopped using myspace <laughs> and this could have fucking happen to twitter and then what's that bitch gonna do he can't default on those loans and everything people are gonna hold him to that he's <laughs> uh, i love all the pictures of musk uh with his like balding head and then contrasting them to pictures like 30 years later with a full head of hair it's like He's such a Trump sycophant. It's so pathetic. Uh, okay. Anyways, I don't want to. I don't want to drag this into um, the earth too much. But I was just really getting back into Twitter and having fun with it, and following a bunch of wonderful uh, trans girls and just trans and non-binaries and. Uh, trans masculines and you know just just to feel connected to this whole thing that I'm doing and it it's been really great and the other services aren't really as commonly used so that'll be interesting that'll be really fucking interesting so the next thing I want to talk about um I, I I really just want to talk about it because, um, you know, Hall Halloween just passed and I had already picked this, the topics for the last episode. And I really want to talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show, the 1975 movie with Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Bostwick, Richard O'Brien, um... <clears throat> goodness Nell and I forget I am really blinking on those names you know this is why a lot of people do research before doing a podcast but anyways um I really think that people don't pay attention when it comes to what gender expression is what it means and how it's been portrayed in cinema and why things like Rocky Horror Picture Show has been so timeless. And when I was younger, I know my mom introduced me to the movie because she wasn't really sure about what was going on with me. Like she, 
She even told me a few times that um, she thought I was just gay. And I'm like, you know, like Craig Pelton in a, a, a community, you know, that that's that's only some of it. <laughs> you know, uh, like I'm I, I was never gay, but I'm gay. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyways, um, you know, that's that's being kind of androgynous. Well, actually being androgynous and uh, non-binary um, and feeling more comfortable in feminine spaces and stuff. You know, it was difficult for me to find comfort. And she showed me Rocky Horror Picture Show and I found comfort in that. I found comfort in the fact that there was this supervillain in Dr. Frankenfurter who not only dressed fucking amazing, like, ugh, just that the whole, the whole get up was just, I wanted to, I wanted to be that, um, you know, and like even down to like Rocky running around in gold underwear and gold shoes and you know, just the range of attraction that was on display uh, from Frank and uh, from everybody else, really. You know, because, like, you know, the Columbia character was in love with Eddie, and then she's in love with Frank, and, I mean, she's obviously, like, you know, making it with uh, Magenta and uh, Riff Raff. Um, and then Frank just, you know, like Eddie and Rocky and Brad and Janet, Rocky, Bullwinkle. <laughs> Anyways, um, it, it, it was important to me and it was so important that, uh, I, I did the midnight performance for a while, uh, in Gainesville, Florida. And looking back, like I was so, I was still hiding so, so much in that time of my life that the people who were running that at the, uh, AMC four, uh, I could tell that they saw me for what I was and they were just, they were there waiting for me to let them know I was ready, you know, to like, help me not feel afraid. And had I stayed with that community, I think I would have been a lot safer and saner for sure. But I fell into like pretty serious drug habit. And um, yeah, my life went a bit sideways because I was trying to find myself because I didn't know how to be me and shows shows like Rocky Horror Picture Show um, for me was important and that bled into getting involved with uh, the gothic subculture because so many goth kids are into Rocky Horror so many theater kids are into Rocky Horror um, and you know, it's just so easy to dress feminine in the goth scene. And like, 
when I was DJing and, you know, being super awesome goth, you know, skinny, twinky goth boy, um, yeah, it was just perfect. But it was still hard for me to figure out who I was because even even then trans was still kind of a joke in movies and in tv shows so like people would constantly insult me for claiming to be bisexual like oh well if you're bi then date a guy it's like well if I find a guy that I think is cute I probably will but I don't know about you most guys are just gross but Barry Bostwick and Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show? Uh, yeah. Like, just just give Susan Sarandon the camera and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but bum Anyways. Um, so, yeah, like, owning my uh, gender identity at the time, that was still difficult to do. So having the goth scene and you know, Rocky or Picture Show and, you know, even when The Matrix came out, like, the us queer kids, we knew, we knew. We, we didn't have a language for it, but we knew. I promise you, we knew. Like, it just made sense when Lana's like, oh, by the way, I'm a girl. Like, honey, awesome. Uh, anyways. Not anyways, but that does kind of segue into what I wanted to talk about next. And that is fuck J.K. Rowling. Okay? Um, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson have both stood on, stood on like pedestals and have pro proclaimed very publicly that they support trans kids they support trans people they support people of color they they are here for the queer community um if i remember daniel said something about the amount of queer and trans fans that he's met over the years and how special the um harry potter franchise has been to them he just felt he needed to just say hey i'm i'm with you because he is Harry Potter to so many people. And, you know, like the same way Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. Like, when he does die, um, which, you know, let's all hope Mark Hamill doesn't die for a while. Because, damn, that man is just awesome himself. Like, big shout out to you too, Mark Hamill. Uh, I've, I, I, I do have a crush on Mark Hamill. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, where was I? What was I talking about? Um, but yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, he is Harry Potter. So if Harry Potter himself says, hey, the, the person who breathes life into my character is saying a lot of really harmful and hateful things, and I just want you to know that I'm on your side and not hers. And I've seen so many retaliation articles and people just like dumping on, on this beautiful man who is 
like just being a beautiful man. Like he's just saying what the majority of us actually say. And that's like, you know, being trans, there's nothing wrong with that. Embrace yourself, embrace who you are, love yourself. But uh, J.K. Rowling, she in, continues to insist that people like me are trying to do or be something that's evil or wrong or like I'm going to go into a woman's space or a woman's bathroom and uh, somehow like attack women or something. It's like, I, bitch, <laughs> I don't know why this that that's even a thing like when you meet trans people like like trans feminine trans women um trans masculine you know trans uh, men we're none of us are doing it to circumvent anything. None of us are, are trying to be anything other than who we are. And, you know, like my heritage is complicated. Like my, my father's Latin American or was, you know, he's, he's passed now. Um, and my mother European, um, I'm like floating right in the middle there. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of people who hate me anyways, because like, <laughs> you know, I don't have dark skin and dark eyes. How the fuck am I Latino? Um, and like, fuck you, dude. I know where my dad's from. And then on top of that, they hate me because they think, you know, like I'm, ow, ow my tit hurts. Oh, estrogen's making my tits grow and my goodness. But yeah, so like I'm not taking hormones just to be able to have a free pass or whatever to be in women's spaces. I don't know what you know about taking estrogen, but... It really, it really limits how male organs work. Like, how estrogen and penises, it's, it's an interesting combination. And let me tell you, things are not the same there. And I don't care, because, like, it's still there, but, like... <laughs> It does. It's nowhere near what it was. And the motivations for the same things are not there either. Like, <laughs> I just, people have some really hostile ideas to things that they just don't understand or they don't want to understand. And I, I just, whatever hatred is motivating them, I just hope that one day they can look past it because there have been times in history where we lost lots of history and knowledge because of fear and the the history and knowledge we lost because of that fear was stuff that could have helped us out like the nazis burned 
all sorts of documentation and research and books and studies on trans people. And if there was that much information and study for them to be that afraid to burn, only to have people decades later say trans people are new, like, they kind of won a little bit. And that's depressing. So, fuck you, J.K. Rowling. Fuck you and your fucking hateful, transphobic, turf ideas. Fuck all of your supporters who think that, you that you know, trans people are dangerous. You know, if if trans people were dangerous, like... I don't know where what I'm trying to say. We're just not dangerous. We, the percentage of us in in any country is so small, and all we want is to just be ourselves. <laughs> it's it's literally all we want. I'm not doing anything to hurt you. I'm not trying to fool any guys or girls. I'm not especially interested in looking like a a cis like woman either <laughs> like i'm not binary bitch i've got my own gender expression i just wanted to be more feminine and that's why i'm taking hormones i don't even, i don't produce testosterone anymore even so like <laughs> yeah i just want to be me and so do all of these kids that you're making it hard for and I do want to say that you know when I started last year on hormone replacement therapy if I didn't have that on the horizon because it took a few months to to actually um, get approved I had to do blood work um, you know they they made sure I was mentally like um, sound to make a decision, you know, the whole nine. I didn't just say, hey, give me pills. Um, there are ways for adults to do that, you know, but I just, I wanted to do it, you know, supervised. But the fact that I was in such a dark place and that made me not feel so lost anymore. I just remembered, oh my God, this is what I've wanted my whole life. And I just didn't know. So, fuck you, J.K. Rowling, for making the trans world seem scary to people who look up to you. Shame on you. All right. Now, <laughs> I know that was just some like heavy stuff. I don't. I honestly don't know what I'm. What I was thinking with this episode. Um, it's just been a really interesting week. I, you know, and it would have been great to have somebody like bounce back and forth with, um, you know, maybe a few more episodes, and people will be into it. Um, I will put a soundboard together. I'll, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll look at a, a, 
a TV show or a TikTok or whatever, you know, like and subscribe. Um, I did submit this podcast to all sorts of services, uh, so you should be able to find it pretty much anywhere uh, shortly. Um, you know, there's all, like I, I think I said before, it's also on YouTube, um, youtube.com slash uh, the at abstractions that glow. Um, they released the handles, which I thought was very cool. Um, you know, there will also be uh, a, a feed on my website, nailsaglow.com, and uh, Twitter, First Drafts Glow. Um, yeah. So before I leave, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe and comment below. If you're listening to this, you know, you can send me uh, an email, firstdraftsglow.com at gmail.com and let's see random facts random facts let's let's think of something happy happy right i know i know what we could talk about um the casting for the penguin tv show sophia's gonna be in it Ooh, so good and i'm hoping i'm really hoping that the Peacemaker universe and the Penguin universe, um, there's some crossing. Like, obviously, Matt Reeves' uh, storytelling is a lot grimmer, darker, um, but it's still uh, Batman. And unlike the Nolan Batman, there is still hyper-realism and some real fantastic elements like I can totally see Clayface um showing up I could totally see like this penguin falling into you know the trick umbrellas you know I very much very much oh calendar man like who doesn't want to see an awesome calendar man like Oh my God, that'd be so cool. Or a Two-Face that isn't like a hyper version of the Joker or some kind of like, you know, Clive Barker. <laughs> a weirdo. Like, uh... you know, the, the first two Nolan films for Batman, yeah, they were pretty good. I mean... Ignoring the fact that, you know, a white guy was playing Raish. And, um, you know, the Joker saying, do I look like a man with a plant that has a plan? Yeah, you do. You don't just fill a hospital full of explosives uh, on a whim. You don't just plan a heist that, that we saw at the beginning of the movie without planning. <laughs> like you you don't walk into a room full of gangsters and and mobsters um with a bunch of grenades tied to a string after you kill a guy with a pencil <laughs> like obviously you plan dude like that that such inconsistent writing 
wonderful characterization. Just come on. Also, Alfred would never leave. Alfred would never leave. I just that that just killed the entire thing for me. Like not only you know did Bruce just I mean all we needed was like some mumbo jumbo hyper technology, you know, like silliness happening instead of Bruce just kind of like being a gimpy bitch. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> just, uh, and that Catwoman was the most low energy Catwoman ever. Matt Reeves really resurrected Batman in my mind because Bat, Batfleck was just, uh, I mean, he, he moved like a hippo. And the way he was simping for Wonder Woman, like, come on, guy. Batman has more respect for himself than that. Absolutely. Like, Talia fucks with him and he's generally chill most of the time. Catwoman fucks with him and he gets weak in the knees because <laughs> her level of confidence is unreal. <laughs> uh, anyways, um... And I, and I guess, like, Sandman season two, like, how wonderful was the Sandman TV show? Like, obviously, there had to be some updates. Um, there, like, a, a new perspective, a, a, like, a cohesiveness, you know, for a TV show. Um, you know, edit out some of the, like, um, harder things to translate into a TV show. Like, sure. And the casting was just mm, chef's kiss. It was just all so perfect. And people who are like, oh my God, the casting for death ruined death for me. Like, fuck you, guy. Go somewhere else. That woman is amazing. She is amazing. Amazing. She is amazing. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I hope my prattling has been entertaining. Um... I really do hope uh, to, to find some big hook or whatever, because, you know, if you're listening to this show just to hear me talk, that is amazing. I know I have a beautiful voice. I know it's great. It's going to change over, the, over time, but, you know, I know how to talk to you. I know that you are smiling right now because you're wearing earphones. I know you're wondering what I'm doing right behind you. <laughs> okay, that was weird. I don't know why I said that. The, the end of the show, I just put random stuff. Anyways, I've been Avon or Nails That Glow. Find more information about me at nailsthatglow.com and I love you. Abstractions at Glow, produced, recorded, and starring Avon. For more information, please contact us at firstdraftsatglow at gmail.com. Also visit our website at nailsatglow.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.